You have a pretty interesting story. You kind of started off as a um, as a boxer, big into sports, and then somehow that spinned into acting. Tell us about that. Well, I was I was in university in Cardiff, which is the capital of Wales, um, and I was um, studying sport. I was doing my masters um, in sports science. I was a boxer, so um, I was fighting for my country, and um, I was working on the door in clubs as a doorman. And the whole thing it was it was none of it was what I really wanted to do. Um, the, the, the boxing I loved, but it had reached a point where I needed to make a decision where I wanted to be punched in the head for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, my, my coach was t- talking about turning pro. I'd already won the British. Yeah, you'd already got your gold, and you defended it. Yeah, and and defended it successfully. And they were t- they were talking about turning pro, and I was working on the door, which is a very seedy world to be working in, and just wasn't particularly happy. And um, I had something like six months left to go on my master's uh, degree. I thought to myself, when was I happiest? And uh, from about the age of 14 to 18, I used to do school plays where, um, uh, back where I grew up and uh, played the lead in several of them. And people always said I should go into acting. And uh, I decided to go the other road and go the sports route. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided I would um, try to get back into that. didn't know how to. I'd just done five years of university study and really didn't have the time or the money to go into uh, an acting school. So I decided to write a play that I would then put on in the West End in London, finance it myself, and very naively thought then, of course, agents would see it, um, yeah. fall in love with me, and my career would take off from there. Yeah. Um, it turned out, instead of writing a play, I teamed up with a, a friend of mine from school who was an incredible musician, we wrote a musical together. <laughs> okay, I was going to ask, um, did you write the music? So I guess not. I, I, I wrote the lyrics um, and the melodies, and I play guitar, so I, I wrote a oh, rudimentary do. music bit, and he did, he did all the arrangements and everything, oh. but I wrote the book. And um, we entered it into um, a competition called the William Ellis Competition, which is for unsolicited uh, musicals, uh, new musical writers, and we came third, which was startling. And from that, a producer heard it and wanted to do a prepared read-through. Uh, we did a read-through for him to see if his company wanted to produce it. He said it was... Um, out of their budget, but had I ever acted before, I said only as a kid, but never studied. He ran an acting co- course, yes, and offered to put me on the acting course for two years uh, for free if I came and wrote for his company. Oh wow! So, okay, this is Michael but, Armstrong, right? This is Michael Armstrong. Yeah. Okay. So for um, two years, I wrote for his company. I wrote uh, um, two plays for that company, and also wrote um, a, uh, a monthly newsletter that ended up becoming a national magazine on theatre and film. And then uh, every Sunday um, for seven hours, we uh, we studied acting uh, in, in his class. And after two years, graduated, and that was poof, eight years ago now. I did theatre for the first year. I, I toured around with various um, plays and then came into the West End with a production of Strindberg's Miss Julie. And then after that, I uh, did uh, my first TV show, which was Heartbeat back in Britain, which would have been okay. around about 2002, I guess. Yes, that's right. I actually wanted to become a Royal Marine. That was what happened. I went to to go to um, careers advice when you were 17. It was mandatory, and you sit down with this very stuffy-nosed woman who um, you you say what you want to be in life, and then um, she laughs at you and and tells you what you should be. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. uh, I I remember sitting there at 17 saying I wanted to be an actor because I loved doing what you know the school productions, and I was in National Youth Theatre. And uh, when her giggles subsided. We uh, looked at a more realistic career choice for me. And my older brother is actually a fighter pilot in the Royal Air Force. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he's, he flies tornadoes um, and uh, he's now becoming an instructor on tornadoes. 
and I had another friend of mine was in the army, so I didn't want to follow them, so I decided to go Navy and uh, decided to become a Royal Marine um, and went to Limston, which is the uh, the British uh, Royal Marine headquarters, did a, um, a weekend course there um, as a potential officer's course to see who they want to select to become officers. Mm-hmm. They loved me, but um, I was 17, and they only take people for officers who have a degree. Oh, um, okay. So uh, they suggested get a degree, which is where I went on to do sport because it was the easiest thing that came to me because I'd, okay. I'd, I'd done sport my entire life. So this old career woman that kind of told you the true odds, you should really send her your resume now. Yeah. Um, it, was, it, was, it was just one of those things that I had a passion for acting, and I, I instantly saw in her face and in my you know, my family were always very supportive, but I, I never knew any actors. None of my family were in the arts. None yeah. of my friends were ever in the arts. It was yeah. it was an absolute dream to try to get into acting and try to see some sort of path in this industry. And I knew nobody that could guide me and tell me a way of doing it. It was very much a pipe dream. So I think that it was very easily beaten out of me. It, it, it wasn't much of a struggle. I was like, yeah, you're right, I'm delusional. And uh, it wasn't until six months, six almost, sorry, nearly six years later when I almost completed my master's, I thought, no, I'll give it a stab and came at it from a very bizarre angle. But I wouldn't change anything now. Is it harder to get into the industry in Great Britain than it is in L.A.? Um, I think it's... I'd imagine it's about the same. Okay. There are massively less jobs and yeah. vastly less opportunities, but then comparatively there are vastly less people trying for it. So Got it's it. a far more parochial industry over there. There's, there's not much money, there's not much funding, there's not much opportunity, there's not much work... Um, so, but then there's a, a smaller group of people who are actually scrubbling for it. So it becomes more of a cottage village industry. You get to know everybody very quickly. And if you happen to get in and are lucky enough to get jobs and successful, then you can keep working very successfully. Because once you get within the inner core, you stay there. A lot like LA. Once you get in with the casting directors and in with right. the employed sector, yeah, it, it's much better off. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, your big break was Alexander. Tell us about that. Yeah, I met uh, Lucinda Sison, as the casting director back in, in Britain. I read for her Feistian, which was um, Jared Leto's part. And um, she sold the tape to um, Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, he, I, I got a phone call saying that Oliver wanted to meet me to uh, read for the part. But um, two days before, I had... Um, been out drinking with a couple of friends and um, a, a, a young man in a pub was very very rude to a girl that I was with which led to an altercation um, and I had a black eye and three stitches um, in, in my eyebrow so I got this call from my agent I hadn't told him that I got the black eye I was just hoping that nothing would come in and you know my, my heal, I healed fairly quickly I was hoping like two weeks the black eye will be gone and the stitches will be out. Oh, but Murphy's Law. Yeah, exactly. I got this call two uh, two days later saying Oliver Stone's in town for one day. He wants to meet me the following day. And I was like, is there any way you can make it another time? <laughs> kind of got a big black eye right now. <laughs> and my, my, my agent very appropriately said, well, that's your problem. You can have to go and deal with it. <laughs> so I, I, I turned up to this audition very sheepish. And uh, I was actually doing a TV show at the time called um, uh, Red Cap. Okay. Ironically, playing a bare knuckle boxer. Um, so um, when I went to the read through for that, they were very pleased I had the black eye because at least I looked authentic. I turned up <laughs> to meet Oliver Stone. He never mentioned the eye at all. Oh, and man. to this day, I think the reason I got 
uh, Alexander was because of the black eye, because a few of the comments that he made was that he wanted people who looked warrior-like, people who looked like they could take a beating and would get involved. And the way, the way that he shot it and the way that we did boot camp, it, he, he made sure that we all got down and dirty. So he cast, a, a, there was 12 of us who were in the main core of actors. Yeah. He cast guys who were very rough and ready, some, you know, some guys from the streets of um, Dublin and um, us guys from London. We were all very, you know, very happy to mix it up. So I think that the black guy ended up helping me get the role, ironically. <laughs> So um, I guess I should find that guy in that bar and, uh, and thank, him. thank him for getting this stage of my career kick-started. Well, you know, as Oliver Stone, you know, I'm trying to cast someone macho for this part. This guy walks in with a black guy. I must say to myself, man, he's serious. <laughs> yeah, he's not messing around. No, he's not. Yeah. No, he's not. So, right. uh, yeah, that was, that was a very bizarre. And then uh, uh, um, the year later, we had the, the, the premiere and um, – uh, the production company actually weren't going to fly the guys over from Britain, and um, Colin Farrell very generously um, paid for first-class flights and two nights in a hotel for the oh, wow. um, eight of us who were the, the, the support cast from over in Dublin and, and, and London. So we all flew over, which was ridiculously generous of him, and yeah. uh, got to see the premiere. And I also have to—I haven't actually seen Colin since. I need to thank him because I came over here. I extended it by f uh, three days, so I was going to stay for five days met a um a manager who had been kind of stalking me for the last three years because i was i was originally um one of the guys they wanted to play nightcrawler in um, x-men 2 yes and they, they they flew me over to um, vancouver to play uh to, to play that role and I actually decided that um i was too leading man and they wanted to go slightly um a different look they wanted to go uh -huh. somebody who was a little more awkward and, and gangly yeah looking which um at the time i didn't want to hear uh <laughs> but my my the, this manager heard about it and was stalking me. So I, I ended up seeing her within the five days. She persuaded me to stay for another five. I got an agent while I was out here. She persuaded me to stay for another five. And after that total of 20 days in L.A., I, um, I, I, I was sold. And I came back uh, April 1st, April Fool's Day the following year. Wow. So Colin so, kind of got you a door in there inadvertently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. yeah. It, 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 I've had a very bizarre route from, you know, from a... From, uh, a stuffy-nosed woman who told me not to get into acting, who gave me the life skills, to a, a guy who put me on his course because he liked my writing, to a guy who gave me a black eye who inadvertently got me a role in an Oliver Stone movie, that Colin Farrell buying, buying me a plane ticket, which ended up getting me an agent. Hey, if so, God exists, uh, yeah. he's got a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's been a bizarre route, but I, as I said, I would not change a single moment of it. Now, you first got into a Stargate by playing the role of Kalik, Anubis's son. Yes. Did you audition for this, or were you, uh, or did they did they offer this part to you? No, I did. I did audition for it. I'd actually been okay. over, only been over in the states for three months, and um, my agent, when I first came here, they only put me up for features. Um, we were going for features and getting and doing really well for the features. And I actually, TV in Britain isn't great. The we, we have we have the occasional good TV shows, and I know yeah. I'm going to get uh, cursed for this. Yeah. But we have the occasional good TV shows. You saw Life on Mars, The Office, that yes. type of stuff that come out as breakouts. But TV in general isn't great, and 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 so you don't aspire to be a TV actor in Britain. Mm -hmm. um, coming from Britain, and I, I didn't know too many American shows. Well, Stargate is huge in Britain. Yeah, Stargate is huge. Stargate is huge in Britain. You're right, but you don't. Again, you don't aspire to be a TV actor in Britain yeah. because that's all made in America. So when yeah. I came over here, 
TV wasn't something I was looking for. And over the three months, I started watching TV and loving the quality of TV we have over here and knew of Stargate. And I actually asked if I can um, start going off for TV auditions as opposed to just features. Yeah. Three days later, the Stargate audition came in and uh, I auditioned for it at once and got a call the day after to fly out to Vancouver the day after that. They, they cast me. So I was incredibly lucky. Wow. Getting involved. So no, not yeah. a whole lot of prep in terms of, of portraying Anubis's son? They didn't have time to send you any tapes? No, what they did do, I, I flew over and I had 24 hours before I actually had to be on set. I arrived in Vancouver, they did all the, um, the costume checks and makeup checks I normally do, and then gave me um, a homework pile of five um, VCR tapes of who Anubis was and, and the guy that portrayed him. And of course, I ended up working with David on um, Blade. Right. He ended up playing. He ended up playing um, my character's henchman. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. So I, my, my dad ended up working for me. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up watching these five, these five tapes. And the thing I loved about Stargate, and I, I actually said this to Robert Cooper when I worked on the last one, they've got they've got the formula so good, which is why everybody's obviously anticipating Stargate Universe. Yeah. I'd watched the first tape, and thankfully I had other tapes to go on to. But after the first tape. I wanted to put the next tape in, and I wanted to put the next tape in. And after the five tapes they gave me, I ended up asking for the two tapes that would round out that storyline that I was watching, just to watch because I was hooked on the stories. So, um, yeah, I was very, very pleased to work on it. That's great. So it wasn't just yeah. a part for you. It was like, I'm getting into this thing. Well, I'd, I'd seen a couple of episodes um, back when I was back in Britain, but never got into it. And right. uh, yeah, I, 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 really, I think it's a great show. I was disappointed to hear that SG1 got cancelled and then now yeah. Atlantis has got cancelled and hopefully that will springboard the success for Universe, which has got an amazing cast at the moment. They, you they, spent... They've really done well. Yeah, they, uh, they've got uh, a lot of great people. Robert Carlyle, I, Robert I mean, Carlyle, he's big I mean, in Britain, I, I, right? I've, I've, I've respected that guy for years. There, there, there was a show called Cracker, which was on, which was... Um, show a little bit like in treatment that they have right now mm -hmm. which is about a psychiatrist who, um, who psychoanalyzes criminals and finds a way to get them to confess kind of like the closer meets mm -hmm. in treatment mm -hmm. and he did an episode which was so creepy where he played this football hooligan and i was a fan of him from there and of course he he went on from that to do train spotting and everything and the guy's incredible yeah. so uh, i know he's going to do wonders with that show I haven't seen a lot of the stuff that he's done, unfortunately. So I'm, and I, I kind of want to keep it that way because I, I want to keep him all to myself in universe because everyone's just talking yeah. about him, and I don't want there to be any false expectations because he's being built up in my mind. Oh, he, I, he and, but some people get built up and they're, they're being set up for a fall. They, yeah. they can't quite live up to the hype. He, he's he's brilliant. I, I mean, I, I, he's he's one of those actors that I just think has gone from strength to strength over the years, and he's really carefully chosen good. Pro projects to work on, which is a real testimony mm -hmm. to the Stargate universe and to Robert Cooper that he's chosen his first TV um, yeah. series that he wants to work yeah. on is this one. And yeah. I, I think it's very smart. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. In Prototype, you spent a lot of time working with uh, Robert Picardo. What did you uh, think of yeah. the guest stars that you worked with? What did you think of that script, how it turned out, how it was executed? I thought, I thought it turned out brilliant. I, I was actually... Enterprise, they gave it to me because when they said, they said the breakdown out, they said star names only. That was all they were going for. And I remember reading the script and thinking, you know, they can get a lot of good people to go for this role because it's it's pretty much centered around Kalik. And they were also talking about the potential of bringing him back. There was also at one point they were talking about bringing him back for the Stargate movies that they did after SG1 oh. finished. And uh, it was a it was a fascinating part. Uh, and 
it was it was so it, that was the first time ever I've ever done any work with CG, um, with me actually doing stuff with it. There's been CG in the background that I haven't had to act off, but stuff yeah. like where the, the bullets are deflecting off my character and yeah. and the various different stuff. It was so much fun to watch that afterwards and see the way that they created this character within the um, the, the computer generated stuff they added on. It was a hell of a lot of fun to work with. And I remember having great conversations. We were staying in the same hotel, me and um, uh, Robert. We'd go for breakfast every day in this little crate place that was just opposite the hotel. And, and uh, we had common friends that we knew from the industry. And he, he's a fantastic guy. And I was very, very happy to see that he was in the episode that I was in uh, on Atlantis, where I played the race. So we got to catch up then. And, uh, yes, that's right. He, he became series regular. Yeah. All so, right. uh, yeah, we got, we got to catch up and uh, see how things were. And he was also very generous. I run a charity back home for uh, spinal injuries. And uh, both him and all the Stargate people have been so generous with signing stuff and giving me things to send back to the charity, which actually made um, over a £1,000 for the charity just from the Stargate stuff that's been sent. Oh, wow. Now, spinal, yeah. is, what is it again? What is that your specific charity? It, it, that... it, it, it's, um, it, it's called Trust PA. A friend of mine when I was in university with... Um, Ended up getting a C1, C2 fracture, the same as oh, uh, Christopher Reeve, and then he died yeah. six months later from a heart attack. Uh. And his family, with um, a couple of close friends, we all set up this charity um, to raise um, awareness for spinal injuries and also to put back into spinal research. And we have uh, auctions three times a year and uh, events that we all go to. So, um, Do you have a website? There is a website. It's, it's trustpa.com. Okay. And, um, you know, Young Griffith is one of the... Um, one of the other patrons, he was um, uh, Mr. Fantastic from Fantastic Four, the stretchy guy. Yes. So between us, <laughs> we're, we're, we're able to get some good stuff to send off to uh, make money. But uh, Stargate have been incredibly generous, so I, I, I've always thanked them very much for that. That's great. We'll definitely link to that on the website. So how did it come about for Atlantis? Now, were you asked to do that part for Atlantis, the, the Wraith, or did you go out for that? No, Robert wrote, uh, wrote the script and knew he was directing it, and he, he called me. Um, he, he actually called and said, like, ideal would love you to do it i know you've been really busy i just done bond and push was coming out and there was things are moving for me but he said i'd love you to do it and uh, i was incredibly flattered that he thought of me read the script and it just it was so much fun to do i've never done full prosthetic work i've done small prosthetic work so i said yeah i'd, I'd love to do it and flew up there for the two weeks uh to shoot it and it was it was the most fun i've ever had i can honestly say that we did um we did a full um body prosthetic thing so it took eight hours to prepare this body prosthetic and then every day it was five hours in makeup to put on all of the work that they did wow. um so I, yeah, I got to know the makeup guys really really well but it, it was so much fun working on it and because all of the work had been done in the script and the way he directs and then the prosthetics for me it was basically just walking in a mask and, and grunting yeah. i got yes. to uh, i guess have a lot a lot of fun with it yeah, you didn't have any dialogue, and yet you could still mop up the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was it was great, and it just you know to be in Vegas. Oh, so you did shoot in Vegas? Yeah, we did shoot in Vegas. Okay, how many days were you there? We were in the Hard Rock Cafe, so uh, yeah, we shot for four days in Vegas, and uh, the bit where uh, my character jumps off the, uh, yes. the, the the roof was uh, the top of the Hard Rock Cafe. Um, so uh, did you get to do that? Yeah. It was, I, I, I didn't get to do that. I had an amazing stunt guy um, ah. who, who, who did that for me. Um, Nine stories. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he was incredible. I mean, I'm, I, my girlfriend's a stunt woman, so I'm always in awe of these people. I mean, they have a completely different relationship to pain than every other human being, and also a relationship to fear. He's standing on top of this 60-foot drop to a small mm -hmm. airbag that looks like a postage stamp from up there, 
And there's no hesitation. They're three, two, one, and he just jumps off and leaps in the air and he lands down. He's like, cool, want to go again? Wow. Whereas there'd, there'd be, uh, my innards will be outside just looking over that thing. Oh, so you wouldn't have done it. <laughs> oh, no way. God, no way. No. Oh. I'll happily run down the halls of a hotel, but uh, jumping 60 foot off the roof, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to a professional. That's why they get paid the big bucks. That's great, man. Oh, man. That that yeah. was a good show. Second to last episode of the series. You know, they were Rob was really going out on a limb in terms of what Stargate really was. A lot of people say, well, it's not Stargate really at all. We aren't at the base or anything like that. It just has a bunch of characters and it's kind of outside of the, 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 the bubble of kind of the Stargate entity. But it was so well written and so well executed. I think it blew everyone away. Yeah. And... Um... I just just the scale of it as well. I mean, it, I, I remember giggling with Robert because he he put in the script, uh, you know, the opening bit. Yeah, out in the desert. Yeah, out in the desert. As yeah. Shepard's driving along in, in in his car, he's got Johnny Cash playing, and in the in the uh, in the script he said, "Driving along, it's dusty. He's moody. He looks like he's hungover." With Johnny Cash, hopefully in parenthesis, playing on the um, <laughs> on, the, on the radio. And he put in so many calls to get that. So he, he pretty much got whatever he wanted for that episode. And that yeah. final explosion, I yeah. remember we were all on set and we were behind these barriers with the fire safety guys. That was huge. We were, we were maybe 80 to 100 feet back from the explosion. And all of us took a step back with the heat of the blast. It was Holy a cow. massive explosion that they did. So, so much explosive material were crammed into that small little trailer. Um, wow. And it was, yeah, it turned out really, really well. Wow, that's excellent. So, Stargate Universe, you have any, uh, if if they offer you a guest spot of that, for are you on board? Yeah, absolutely. I've I, I said this to Robert. I, I, I knew from talking to him that there wasn't a part that would suit me for the regular cast yes. for Universe. And uh, he kind of apologized for that. And um, he, he said, but anything that comes up, we'd love to get you in. And I said, I'd love to do it as well. They're just... More than any other show or film I've ever worked on, they, it was, they have a real family feel to them. I, I, my, uh, my girlfriend's sister, her best friend in Australia, is a huge Stargate fan. Aww. And five years ago, she'd said, she put up this little dream board, and she said it's her dream to be on the set of Stargate Atlantis one day. And when we found out that I was going to be on Stargate Atlantis, um, she flew herself over she actually sold her car. Can you believe this? She sold her car to buy a flight to come over to Vancouver. I can to believe To be able it. to be there yeah, to, wow. on, on the set. And the thing that was the most lovely, she was only there for three days. I, I, I took her on set. I introduced her to Robert. I introduced her to all the, all the cast, and she got a photograph and everything else like that. Now, they could have just done that, but the moment they found out where she'd come from and everything else, next thing I know, she's sitting behind Video Village with Robert Cooper with the, the headphones on, watching uh. the tape, and talking to him about the script. She's got a script in her hand, and she's reading through the text as it's going. she got tours around the place. They were just so welcoming and so friendly, and then all saying goodbye and, 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 and giving signed DVDs for and things like that. It was just wow. so amazing to watch how welcoming they were to a friend of a friend of mine when mm-hmm. I'm only a, 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 guest, a guest star, star. On, on the episode. Everyone was just so friendly. So you would have been yeah. willing to put your movie career on hold if you could have gotten a chance to be a regular on, on Universe. You know, I, I, I would have loved to have um, um, done a regular on Universe. I mean, the, the fact that Robert Carlyle is... He, he, 
Robert Cooper was very, very secretive. I mean, I, mean, I, I remember kind yes. of grilling him a little bit, trying to find out a little more, just to see if there was any avenue that there might be something for me to play on. Yes. And he ended up saying, I'm afraid. Unfortunately, at the moment, they're, they're, out of the regulars that we've got, there's nothing that you'd be perfect for. But um, I would have loved to have played a role on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure something will come up. And Robert, my, my girlfriend actually just did a day on... Um, uh, on Atlantic uh, or on, on Universe, she just went in uh, two days ago and uh, as a stunt up. woman. As a stunt woman, she, she just went up and did a, just did a big stunt for one of the leads that they have, and uh, she's been she's been told to be very tight lipped about what oh, yeah. the nature of it. Um, but just from the story she's told, and uh, Robert reiterated to her, he said, um, "Please give me all my best, and uh, something will be coming up soon." So I'd, I'd, I'd love to. I'd, I just love those guys. They've been so welcoming and so friendly to me. That was my first job when I came to LA, and yeah, they, they, I'd, I'd, I'd gladly work with them again and again. That's awesome, dude. So what's next for you? You're in LA right now. I, I, I presume auditioning. You've just gotten off of Quantum of Solace. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm auditioning. I've got a film called Table for Three coming out with um, Brandon Routh, um, Superman himself, um, which is a comedy that. Uh, I don't think they've got distribution yet. It's being done by Star Media. So that, that should be coming out middle of this year. Uh, and I'm writing a lot. You know, I, I, I've, had, I've had two um, films that I've written that have been made. Uh, we're getting, yes. distribution, getting distribution on the second one, which is a, um, a reworking of Romeo and Juliet set in the world of Portuguese soccer. So, okay. um, yeah, it's, it's a re- really fun movie. So uh, the, the idea being that the, the Montagues and the Capitalists, the two feuding families, are actually feuding... Um, soccer teams and uh, <laughs> and you and you have the daughter of one side with being the Juliet and the the, the the lead strike on the other side being the Romeo and then the 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 metaphor of football or soccer uh, being the fights so the three fights that were in Romeo and Juliet actually are soccer games and the competitive oh, element geez. and um, cool. it's, it's actually getting really good praise on the um, the festival circuit so um, they're hoping to sell that and get distribution on um, uh, I've, got, I've got two features in development at the moment that I've written. So, yeah, it's, it's, stuff's moving. So balancing your time between writing and acting? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a perfect balance for an actor because we get, we get a lot of lay time. Um, yes. So in between auditioning and actually when you're on set, because there'll, there'll be a lot of time you'll, you'll, you'll sit in the trailer for four hours while they're setting up a shot. So um, it's perfect just to have a laptop and tap away. And uh, I love them both equally. So uh, the fact that I'm able to orchestrate both sides of the career with ever-increasing success. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very blessed. I touch wood as I speak to you. Wormhole disengaged.